Start with breaking news, and the FBI says that they have arrested the British socialite Ghislaine Maxwell. Ex-girlfriend of disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein has been arrested. Ghislaine Maxwell was Jeffrey Epstein's faithful companion. Ms Maxwell has previously denied any involvement in or knowledge of her late friend's alleged sexual misconduct. After being located by police in a secluded hideaway... Maxwell was arrested in New Hampshire. ...she faces years in jail. You're listening to Stories of Our Times and The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm David Aronovich. Today, the Jeffrey Epstein scandal. Who is Ghislaine Maxwell? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. At about five in the morning, units from three different branches of the FBI, from the New York Police Department, from the New Hampshire Gangs Task Force, and from different bits of local New Hampshire police, began to congregate at the bottom of the half-mile driveway of a pretty mysterious, pretty anonymous, and very isolated house. That's Henry Zeffman, the Times Washington correspondent. A house set in 156 acres at the foot of Mount Sunapee. And the reason they did that is they had just discovered that Ghislaine Maxwell was living there. Three hours later, once they had an FBI surveillance plane overhead, they stormed up the driveway, they cut the gate with bolt cutters, and after confusion about her whereabouts for a year and allegations and rumours about Jeffrey Epstein and her involvement with him, they arrested her and they took her into custody and they charged her with very serious crimes related to the sex trafficking of underage girls. How was it reported over there? Well, initially, American publications covered it pretty big. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Ghislaine Maxwell, a major player in the Epstein abuse allegations, accused of helping facilitate his alleged sex trafficking operation, and even participating in the abuse herself. The story was broken by a New York branch of NBC News because the Southern District of New York, which covers Manhattan, has been handling the investigation and will handle trial. But I have to say, actually, one thing that's been quite striking is that 
it, it was only really a one-day story in the US. Obviously, Epstein is a massive story in the US, and it was when he was charged last year and when he died last year. In the US, Ghislaine Maxwell is just an alleged accomplice of Jeffrey Epstein rather than an alleged accomplice of Jeffrey Epstein, who also carries this enormous sort of narrative weight from her childhood and from her background. Now, from what I can gather, no one was really quite sure where she was until the police went into the New Hampshire hideaway. There'd been various reported sightings of her, which in hindsight, I think probably were all wrong. We are learning more about the whereabouts of Ghislaine Maxwell. Everyone's looking for her. She has kept a low profile since Jeffrey Epstein's death. There was a series of stories suggesting she was living in a luxury apartment in Paris, which would have made sense from her point of view, because she has French citizenship through her mother. France doesn't extradite its citizens. So if she had actually managed to make it to Paris, she would never have to go to the US, even if she'd been charged. Today, we announced charges against Ghislaine Maxwell for helping Jeffrey Epstein sexually exploit and abuse multiple minor girls from the period of 1994 through 1997. The charges themselves are obviously in legal jargon, so there's six of them. What they essentially amount to is the New York FBI's allegations that she, between 1994 and 1997, groomed three different underage girls to be sexually abused by Jeffrey Epstein and in some cases participated in the abuse herself. The final two charges are two counts of perjury, and those allege that during a deposition as part of a private lawsuit uh, a couple of years ago, when she denied allegations uh, or denied any knowledge of Epstein's sex abuse, she was lying and therefore perjured herself. I'm Rosie Kinchin. I'm a feature writer and interviewer at the Sunday Times. When the story of Ghislaine Maxwell's arrest broke last week, Rosie recalled an interview she'd done with Ian and Kevin Maxwell, two of Ghislaine's elder brothers. All three siblings were part of the large Maxwell family, headed by the late and notorious media baron Robert Maxwell. He was born in what was then Czechoslovakia, and moved to France before the Second World War. He comes from a Jewish family. The rest of his family were all killed in Auschwitz. He was able to escape and made it to Britain, where he created a new persona for himself, basically, over the course of 20-odd, 30 years. He started out in publishing, then joined the Labour Party, was an MP for a time, went back into publishing and started buying newspapers. When you say he went into publishing... He became very big in publishing, didn't he? He did, yeah. He he bought up quite a small publishing house, turned it into Pergamon Press, and then started acquiring various different arms. And, you know, it was a, it was a vast thing at the end. He bought Macmillan as well. It was a large, large company. And then he went into newspapers. That's right, yeah. He had the Mirror Group, the Express and the Mirror. And then he bought the New York Daily News towards the end of his life as well. So there he was in charge of the Mirror, the Sunday Mirror, the People, and he was a bigwig. But there was something wrong with him, wasn't there? In the years before his death, he expanded very quickly, took on a lot of loans, significant loans, 20 million, 30 million from Goldman Sachs. 
And then after he died, it transpired that he had raided 460 million from the Mirror Group pension fund in order to prop up the business. He became very controversial and also he was regarded by a lot of people as having been a fraud. Exactly, yeah. He was also, wasn't he, a big character. He lived the high life. He had a yacht called the Lady Ghislaine, named after his youngest daughter. He used to land his helicopter in their Oxfordshire estate. He had affairs. He was famously rambunctious as a character. Lots of personalities, shouty, angry, demanding. And he had quite a large family. He had nine children with his wife, Elizabeth, who was a French woman who he'd met when he was living in Paris. And she later said that he was driven by a need to create the family that he'd lost. So there were nine children in all, but the eldest son, Michael, died after he was in a car accident in 1961 and went into a coma. He was in a coma for seven years and died at the age of 21. The accident was an obvious tragedy for the Maxwell family, but a particular one for Michael's tiny new sister. She was born two days before Michael's car accident. So the time that her family would normally have been doting on this new child, they were in hospital spending every day looking after and caring for their son. A huge tragedy that affected all of them. But for Ghislaine, it would have been a very formative time of her life when she was probably largely sort of forgotten. Her mother talked about how she thought that Ghislaine had developed signs of anorexia even as a toddler. She also said that when Ghislaine was three years old, she sat on her mother's lap and said, Mummy, I exist. Wow. And she said that the rest of Ghislaine's childhood, her parents spent trying to make up for the absence that had been there in the first few years of her life and that that turned into, in effect, spoiling her. So they felt the need to make up to her what she had missed through, in a sense, a kind of emotional neglect after her brother's accident. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Robert had a complicated relationship with his children in general. I mean, he was very strict. He was a disciplinarian. And especially after Michael's death, he really was very, very tough on the elder children. But he seemed to have relaxed somewhat by the time they had Ghislaine. So he spent a lot of time with her. She was sort of his companion. They went to a lot of events together. She was always the one who accompanied him to things. In November 1991, a beleaguered Robert Maxwell had a heated argument with his son Kevin on the phone over a meeting they were due to have with the Bank of England concerning their company's financial arrangements. Maxwell had defaulted on £50 million worth of loans. But that meeting would never take place. The day after their row, Maxwell was found dead in the Atlantic after apparently falling overboard from his yacht. The yacht was called the Lady Ghislaine after his youngest daughter. She was 29 at the time. The millionaire newspaper publisher Robert Maxwell is dead. He disappeared overboard from his private yacht early this morning while cruising off the Canary Islands. She flew straight out to Tenerife. She was said to be inconsolable with grief and horrified at the lack of respect around the whole way that the inquiry into his death was being conducted, that it didn't show the respect that he deserved. 
I, I mean, the cause of death in itself, there was a lot of speculation about. I think the three pathologists couldn't agree on what the cause of death was. They said that it couldn't have been suicide because if it was suicide, he would have drowned and the body wouldn't have been floating. There were various different theories. I think in the end, the cause of death was ruled to be heart attack and accidental drowning. And Ghislaine, as far as I'm aware, believed that it was murder. She believes it's murder. Yeah, she gave an interview sort of six years afterwards, 1997, I think, to Hello magazine. She said that she thought he was murdered. She said none of it tied together. He wasn't capable of suicide. She didn't believe the accident theory. She thought there were people who stood to gain from it. She thought it was something more sinister. So he died. uh, And then the two brothers had to go on trial for pension fraud. Yeah, conspiracy to defraud. It was never... uh, Kevin knew about what Maxwell had done with the pension fund. I think the court case was over whether or not they knew it was illegal. And that was the grey area. And they were both found not guilty unanimously, but it took four years. Good evening. Kevin Maxwell is free after a judge killed off a second trial against him. £30 million of taxpayers' money later, all efforts to convict Kevin and Ian Maxwell for the sins of their father, Robert, who stole some £400 million of Mirror pension funds, have failed. People were furious. He became a figure of rage and hatred in those years after his death. He was grotesquely greedy. He had ruined people's retirements. The family were just, you know, it was a grim time. So they were cleared of the pension fraud charges when a lot of people would have liked to have seen them found guilty. Why was Ghislaine not involved in any of that? She was involved in the business, but she had in a much more peripheral way. So she'd done various things for his business over the years. Just before his death, she'd been sent out to New York to go and sort of ease the purchase of New York Daily News. And so she was based out there. She wasn't really near the central running of the whole thing in the way that Kevin and Ian were. And she certainly was, I mean, I recollect at the time, she certainly was never, ever uh, part of the media storm about Maxwell. No, she left. So she went back to New York during the trial and stayed there. Now, reflecting on it, what do you think the impact of her father was on Ghislaine Maxwell? He was such a controlling man. His psychology was so dominant and so difficult that, I mean, I I found there was something he said that I thought was very telling in his time as a politician. He had said that in an interview, he couldn't work with men. He tried hiring male assistants, but he he couldn't deal with, he couldn't work with men. They were too independent. Women, he found could be an extension of the boss they were they were mm. more willing to be molded it almost feels as though she did errands for him she she gave him reports on meetings she was sort of an assistant as well as a daughter and it's also an interesting model for a father and an interesting model for a dominant male that you should be much appreciated for being able to be molded by him yeah and rewarded for it In 2018, you went and interviewed the younger brothers, Kevin and Ian. How did that come about? They were launching a think tank. They hadn't spoken since really the early 90s, so more or less 30 years. They hadn't spoken to the media at all. Did you have to promise not to ask them about their father or were there any conditions attached? I made it clear that it was only going to happen if they were willing to talk about it. And I found that they were in person anyway. They were were really quite straight up about the experience. I don't know where we were before we had all this kit. eh? (laughs) So is he going to be back tomorrow? Yes, in the morning. 
I met them in an office, which I believe was a re- it was a rented office in Mayfair. At least it's ringing. Yeah. Hello. Kevin? Hi. Hi. Uh, Ian was there hi. in person. Kevin, uh, it would take quite a lot of logistical arranging. Yeah. He ended up dialing in on a conference call from Italy where he was okay. doing some business. Well, let's talk about Kojit while we've got you on the phone and then we can, we can fill in gaps later. So I spoke to them both together with Kevin on the call first. Uh, then Kevin had to go and get on another plane. So I then spoke to Ian for quite a long time afterwards. Ian was jovial and quite forthcoming. Kevin definitely began suspicious. With Ian, I, I worried that I wasn't going to be able to get much depth from him because I felt that he was going to deflect with his kind of confident spiel. But actually, I found that that wasn't the case. I think that he was very much willing to look back. What did they tell you about what kind of a father he had been to them? If you upset him, you knew what was coming. Yeah. <laughs> if you uh, pleased him, you also knew what something was. He was effusive. And, they said that he was extremely tough, that he was very hung up on duty and discipline. They said that he used physical punishment that would shock people now. Uh, and this is the world that Ghislaine grew up in. Yeah, exactly. And so what did Ian and Kevin say about her? The time we met, it was September 2018. So there were rumours in the air about Ghislaine and Epstein. He hadn't been charged the second time round. He'd served his 18 months in um, 2008. He wasn't arrested again until 2019. So at that point, it was all still quite sort of just floating in the air rather than anything solid. Do you know... um, She's probably the, something that I see least of because yeah. she's over there and so on. They were keen um, to put a distance between themselves and her. They they said that they she was the one of the siblings they spoke to the least, that she was very quiet about that part of her life, that when they did talk to her, she was very interested in Terramar, her environmental charity. And did they have a sense when they were children that Ghislaine was her father's favourite and that he treated her in a particular way? No, they didn't say that directly. I think it's fair to say that the older children uh, had a a harder time. They said that their father had relaxed by the time it got to to Ghislaine. And I think that in reports that I've read about the family, certainly that comes across, that she was the one who escaped really, and that he was always keen to give her what she wanted rather than punishing her. And do you think that his death, from what you can see, changed the way she looked at the world? I think that she, in that interview that she gave in 1997, she talked about the fact that she still spontaneously burst into tears. And I think that she was probably lost. I think when when you have had this huge presence running your life, basically, for the entire time that you've been alive, and he's not a hero in the public eye, he's the opposite. He's loathed and vilified. I think it must have been an incredibly strange, lonely, bewildering place for her. And also the financial side of it. I think he'd left her a trust fund. Ghislaine had access to this income of £80,000 a year, but then she was used to living an incredible lifestyle. £80,000 a year was not, I imagine, going to cut it. Yeah. 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm John Pienaar. And if you enjoy the Stories of Our Times podcasts, do tune into my afternoon program on Times Radio. Wherever you are in the world, join me as I talk about the big issues of the day to experts, journalists and guests. Listen to my afternoon show for free on DAB Radio, your smart speaker, online at times.radio and via our Times Radio app. Every Monday to Thursday, 4pm till 7 on Times Radio. Know your times. So, Rosie, can you tell us how Ghislaine Maxwell became associated with Jeffrey Epstein? In the early 90s, she was living in New York. Her father had died the year before. She was always a kind of a mover and a shaker in New York society. So she hung out with rich, famous people. That was her social media. And she was at a party and she met Jeffrey Epstein there. And the two seemed to have connected. As far as we know, did they become a couple? That's what the understanding is, that they were a couple for for a time. How long? It's not clear. And then the relationship, it becomes this strange thing. And, and from according to different people, she was his main girlfriend. She was sort of ran his life. She arranged his contacts, his diary. He seems at one point he opened a company called the Ghislaine Corporation. I think he's supposed to have bought her a flat. The relationship obviously continues. It continues to be very close. But what the exact nature of it is, is unclear. Do we think that he was fulfilling a a role in her life, which was in some way analogous to that of her father? I think it would be easy i mean it's very easy to see the parallel because epstein was immensely wealthy he from the sound of his personality was extremely manipulative he was domineering he was controlling there are a lot of qualities that he shares with her father and so it is you can see how someone who would have been used to these these awful controlling difficult characters might attach herself to another one. Jeffrey Epstein goes on to be a convicted sex offender. Now, when it comes down to the allegations about her, what role is she alleged to have played in those offences? 
She's supposed to have aided the abuse Epstein in his abuse of minors and helped to recruit underage girls. And it, it seems from, from various survivor testimonies, it seems that she hired Virginia Roberts, the woman who has made claims against Prince Andrew, as a masseuse, she hired her. And I must add that Prince Andrew strenuously denies any wrongdoing. Various others said that she was like a big sister figure. She kind of befriended them at parties and brought them into Epstein's sphere. Um, According to some, she was involved in some of the sexual abuse. And presumably that would have put quite a lot of the young women initially at ease or thrown them off the threat to them because there was another woman involved. That's what's really quite disturbing about the whole thing. I mean, that's what I find very disturbing about about it because I think that, you know, teenagers, even if you were suspicious of a middle-aged man who was making approaches to you, the presence of this very confident, very glamorous, very friendly and approachable woman would have put you at ease. I mean, you can see so easily how they admired her, how they would have looked up to her and been in awe of her lifestyle and this, you know, incredible, this incredible life that she had. For you personally, we've we, we touched on this a little bit, but is there something particularly shocking about a woman being charged with an offence like this? Yes, I think there is, because it's really hard to think of... to think that she would have known... She has been a teenage girl, and presumably she knows how how easy it is to <laughs> to end up on the wrong path and how terrifying it is when you are on it. I think Virginia Roberts said that the moment that for her made her leave this highly dysfunctional setup was that Ghislaine and Epstein wanted to have a baby, but they wanted Roberts to have the baby, but it to be their baby. And that at that point she realized that you know something clicked and she she wanted she wanted out. This woman wanted to be a mother and she had watched all these girls being uh, supposedly, allegedly being attacked by her friend, her lover, whatever he was. Breaking news this hour. Officials say multimillionaire Jeffrey Epstein has taken his own Officials life. Officials say that his death was an apparent suicide. He was being held without bail pending a trial on sex trafficking charges. So Jeffrey Epstein was awaiting trial on new sex trafficking charges and some survivors were obviously distraught that he had escaped justice. Do you think Ghislaine Maxwell will now become the focus of that frustrated anger? I think she almost certainly will be. And the fact that she's been evading justice for quite so long, I mean, she's really been hiding, literally hiding, um, so that she can't be served with legal papers. And that the whole thing, it's a, it's a you know, you can see why that, why that, where, why she is sort of a, a legitimate target for that rage. It's hard to see any other way that this, that, that this will pan out other than with her becoming the kind of the lightning rod for, for all of the anger that there is around this case. One of the aspects of this case is a very active and eloquent group of survivors. What's their reaction been like in the US since her arrest? Well, the main response uh, has come from Virginia Roberts Geoffrey. She is the woman who has alleged that Epstein and Maxwell forced her to have sex with Prince Andrew. She 
gave an interview to Australian television. This day to me has been like one of the best days of my life. She said that the arrest of Maxwell was one of the best days of my life. She said, I've not stopped smiling and crying, happy tears, and I'm just elated to know she is where she belongs. She ruined so many lives. She belongs in jail. What does all this mean for Prince Andrew, do you think? Though these charges relate to 1994 to 1997, and the allegations about Prince Andrew, which he denies, are in 2001, he is inseparable, certainly in the British public imagination, from the Epstein case. That's why at the press conference three hours after Ghislaine Maxwell's arrest, Audrey Strauss, the acting prosecutor for the Southern District of New York, was asked whether this related to Prince Andrew at all, and she said, no, it didn't. I'm not going to comment on anyone's status in, in, in this investigation, but I will say that we would welcome Prince Andrew coming in to talk with us. We would like to have the benefit of his statement. But the investigation is ongoing and she would like him to come in and give a statement. Every day of coverage there is, which there will be, of Ghislaine Maxwell's initial hearing and then her trial and no doubt a harrowing testimony from witnesses will be a day where people wonder why Prince Andrew hasn't yet given a statement to the prosecutors. Now, we should stress that Andrew's legal team profess bewilderment at the prosecutor's claims that he's not cooperating. They say they've offered to give a statement on various occasions. But at some point, that circle is going to have to be squared. You can't have both sides claiming that it's a dialogue of the deaf forever. And Prince Andrew is ultimately going to have to, I think, give a fuller account to prosecutors, to the police, or not. But it's clearly not an issue that's going away. In fact, it's only going to ramp up, I think, in terms of prominence as an issue for the Duke of York as the Ghislaine Maxwell case works its way through the New York legal system. Fifty-eight-year-old Ghislaine Maxwell is due in court for a hearing next Tuesday. She'll have an opportunity to enter a plea and apply for bail. She faces four charges that she enticed girls as young as 14 to engage in illegal sex acts with Jeffrey Epstein from 1994 to 1997. The other two charges allege that she perjured herself when denying knowledge of Epstein's abuse. Together, they could carry a prison sentence of 35 years. In recording this podcast, we reached out to Prince Andrew's representatives and they told us that the Duke of York has on five occasions offered to help US prosecutors with their investigations into Jeffrey Epstein and his alleged victims. They also stated the Duke of York denies, as stated publicly, any sexual relationship with Virginia Guifrey Roberts. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, David Aronovich, and my guests, Rosie Kinchin, a features writer at the Sunday Times, and Henry Zeffman, the Times Washington correspondent. You can read more of their work at thetimes.co.uk or in print. The producers today were Will Rowe and Edward Drummond. The executive producer is Leo Hornack, and the deputy executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Carla Patella, music by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. You can subscribe for free. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and more. See you soon.